had a website, but it wasn't, it was just, it was almost like a vanity project back then. Now it is like an entrance fee to have a business. Good. Hey, I wanted to let you know that the Google guarantee, the Google ads, man, I'm getting 12 to 16 calls a week. My goal is at least do 10 to 15 more years, grow it up, sell it for 40, 50 million, maybe more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Titan Talks. My name is Jonathan Stern. I'm an engineer at Topline Pro, but once a week, I have the honor of sitting down with successful home service entrepreneurs to discuss their journeys to success. Today is May 23rd, and my guest is Sean Van Dyke. Sean is one of the best contractor coaches in the business. He has written a best-selling book called Profit First for Contractors and has started an academy called Built to Build to create confident construction business owners so they can make more money, streamline their businesses, and get their lives back. Sean, we are so excited to have you on Titan Talks. Thanks so much and welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Jonathan. It's great to be here. Let's start with an origin story. Tell us how'd you get started in construction. <laughs> oh man, all right, well, Back in the day, I used to be an engineer, so uh, so there's that. I like to make fun of engineers because I used to be one. So I got a couple degrees in engineering and structural and civil engineering, did that for several years, okay. then found my way into real estate development. So I was a construction manager for a real estate developer, which put me on the road traveling the Southeast and the Midwest, building big box retail developments, which was great, but... Uh, I was also newly married at that time, had a couple of kids, and my wife was like, uh, being on the road three or four days a week isn't going to cut it as a father so and a, and a husband. So sure. I left that job and started my own construction management firm. Uh, I'm here in Knoxville, Tennessee. So okay. I started doing construction management for smaller uh, developers, uh, as I call them, mom and pop developers. Uh, what year was that, Sean? Uh, this would have been 2005 to around 2008. So I did that uh, here locally in East Tennessee. And then in 2008, uh, when banks stopped lending developers money, uh, I had to kind of make a pivot. I had already uh, gotten my general contractor's license. So I started a remodeling business and went into general contracting, did that for several years. And then one of my trade contractors, my trim and millwork uh, trade contractor, uh, great, great guy, great uh, group of uh, guys that he had working for him, but horrible businessman uh, approached me and said, hey, <laughs> I, he landed some really big jobs and he took me out to lunch one day and I thought I was just kind of giving him some business advice and and uh, we were we had been friends for a long time and he said, hey, I got these three big jobs coming up and I uh, I don't know how to run the business. These jobs are going to put me out of business. They're exactly the kind of jobs that we've been wanting to get. Yep. But I've got to, he's like, I got to hire more people. I got to train more people. And he was like, and I suck at the business side of it. And I said, yeah, you do. Cause he, you know, had worked for me as a, as a subcontractor. And I was like, yeah, your work is great. Your guys are awesome. I can trust you. You're, you're always looking out for me and the homeowner, but your invoices suck, your paperwork sucks, your schedule is always a mess. And he actually said, well, I'm glad to hear you say that because I think I need to hire somebody to run the business side of it. What do you think about that? And I was like, yeah, it's 
people do that all the time. They're called CEOs or COOs or CFOs. And you need, you need somebody at an executive level to come in and just focus on the business side of it. And he's like, great. I want you to do that. And I was like, oh, uh, no, I got my own thing going on, but he's a really good salesperson. So he, uh, he said, listen, we landed these big jobs uh, and I need your help and you're really organized and you're a business nerd or whatever. So come on, join our team and, uh, and we'll do this thing together. And I thought, okay, well, the only way that I'll do that is if I get to run the business. So I thought I'd call his bluff. I said, the only way I'm going to do this, you let me run the business. You go out in the field, run the guys in the field, train them. Cause I'm not a trim carpenter. Uh, I like to play one. I've got some tools, but you get around professional tradespeople, you realize how little you actually know about doing the work. So I thought, I thought he'd say no way. Uh, but then, I mean, we were just sitting at, at a booth at a restaurant at lunch. And I said, I'm going to, you know, I've got to run the business. If that's the only way the deal is going to work. He pulled out a, mil- a manila envelope, slid it across the table. And I said, what's this? And he goes, that's the business. All, you know, and so I started flipping through it, just random paperwork and receipts and some kind of contracts. And I was like, this is it. This is the entire business. He was like, yeah, that's why I All need All on paper, uh, nothing digital, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the folder. Wow. Yeah. So I was like, well, we've got nowhere to go, but up. Uh, so I started, I started, I came on board with him as the COO and, uh, we just got to work and it was crazy for the first, I'd say 18 months. I was just building system after system and documenting things and putting things in place. And, uh, and he was hiring like crazy and recruiting. And so we went from six guys. I think I was maybe the seventh employee to, close to 18 guys in about 18 months. Uh, and then bef- so I was there for about three and a half years doing that. And when I left, we had 22, 25 guys out in the field and, pe- and people in the office and uh, went from not being profitable to being profitable. Uh, finally got the owner compensated for, for what he should be making for running that type of business. And then I just kind of had that epiphany saying like, wait a minute, if I, this is kind of, System stuff is what I had done for my construction business. And now I've done it for this other business. Uh, I think that there's a need for a a systems nerd like this. Um, So I left that job as COO and started writing books and, uh, and coaching contractors and just nerding out on the stuff that I know that they hate, which is the, as I say, the boring system stuff, but that's where the, that's where the money is made. So started coaching in uh, the end of 2016, started writing books and traveling and speaking at industry events. And now here we are. At what point did you realize that writing books and, and starting this academy was going to be the best way to have a big impact? Oh, I wish I was that smart. Uh, but <laughs> what, what happened was, is I was just, I was so dumb. I didn't know any better. I just thought, well, all I know is systems. I'm really good with numbers and spreadsheets and all I've ever done is construction. So I just kind of combined those two things. And for me, the kind of the epiphany moment was, uh, I had told my, I remember telling my wife, uh, I told her, I was like, Hey, it's been 19 years since I graduated from college with my first engineering degree. And I looked at her and I said, I'm an expert. And she just kind of laughed. And, and I said, but, but being an expert, uh, just means really two things. If anybody called me and asked me a question about construction, I could either A, answer it, or I could call somebody and find out the answer. And so for me, it was like, that's all I need to, I think that's it. 
I think I can go out and help other people because I can probably answer their question or I can go find the information. Uh, so there wasn't some grand scheme of building a business. I just thought, I think I could probably get paid to help people on in the areas that I know that they struggle with, with most construction uh, business owners. So that's what I did. I just, I just focus on construction companies. Most of our clients are residential contractors, uh, either custom home builders, remodelers. We do work with a lot of uh, trade contractors too. Some of them dabble a little bit in, in commercial, but commercials, uh, commercial construction is a little bit different, uh, different of an animal. So that's really where it started, just working one-on-one -on -one with construction business owners. And then after a few years, realizing that I'm really answering the same questions. I'm solving the same problems. They just have a little bit of different flavor to it, but it's usually it's time management, it's communication. It's obviously the financials and the number side of it. It's the tracking, it's the data. And yep. then that's where kind of the Academy came out of saying like, instead of just answering the same questions one-on-one, -on -one, I can build these systems that I'm teaching, uh, that I end up teaching all of my clients and systematize the systems. So we started the Academy, uh, and this was probably 2018, 2019. I've always been on Zoom and doing things virtually and got into developing courses and, and, and that kind of to parlay that with the one-on-one -on -one coaching. So like, I don't need to answer, we don't need to waste, not wasting time, but I don't need to spend time during one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions teaching you the financial stuff because it's just math and the math never changes. So developing mm -hmm. courses and, and systems based on that saying, okay, part of the coaching is go, go through this content and then up, start applying the content. And then in our one-on-one -on -one time, we can dig into the specific details. And so the, the Academy really came out of, out of that working one-on-one -on -one with, uh, with contractors, systematizing the systems on how to present it and how to teach it, how to get people uh, results really fast. And then it just kind of, kind of grew from there. And this, again, this is all pre pandemic. And then in 20 end of 2019 is when we really started building out the Academy going into 2020, starting to launch it. And then the pandemic hit and everything was shutting down. I thought, well, that's it. We're out of, you know, we're out of business. Uh, you know, everybody thought everything was going to shut down, but fortunately a lot of uh, construction companies were essential workers and work actually just picked up. And the only way to, really communicate with people was, was virtually. So we were already set up there. So 2020 was a huge year for us and, and that kept growing in 21. And, and so now, you know, I, I was teaching contractors to use zoom even before the pandemic saying, you don't have to run across town and meet with your clients. You can meet with them virtually figure out if they have the scope of work and, and the budget. And if they don't, you don't have to work with them and you can just meet them online and cover that in 20 minutes. Uh, and so we were just set up, it was, it was good timing. And I always say one of the positive things that came out of the pandemic is that zoom's just normal. Now, uh, before I was teaching contractors, they were like, Vir this virtual stuff, no, one's going to do that. And I'm like, oh yes, they will. <laughs> and then the pandemic hit, everything shifted. And now it's very, it's very normal for a lot of contractors to book those initial sales uh, conversations or those initial estimates or consulting, as I call them, the consulting sessions uh, with their clients virtually, and it's just normal. What's one thing you did in in the early days of 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 your business? Let's go back to seventeen, eighteen, nineteen to get it off the ground 
And what might contractors have to learn from some of the tactics you uh, employed? Yeah, I, I hired a I hired a business coach before I even had a business uh, to figure it out. And I'd say that one of the most valuable things is building an email list. Now, a lot of people will hear that and they think, oh, email doesn't work. It does. People live in their inboxes uh, and building out landing pages, lead magnets and building an e I would say an email list is the most valuable piece of online real estate that you can have. And so contractors hear that and they think, oh, I have an email list. And they're just thinking of all the contacts that are in their Gmail or whatever. I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm talking about you create whatever the most valuable piece of information is that people would be willing to, you know, to pay for and you give it away for free just in exchange for their email address. That way they're giving you permission to send them more valuable information. And that more valuable information is about how your product or your service is going to benefit them. And you can reach out to them at any time. And if they don't like it or they don't like you, they can just hit delete or they can unsubscribe. But most people, if the value, if, if the information is valuable and you got it targeted, then you own that. You own those email addresses. Uh, Instagram's going to change. YouTube changes. Google changes. Everything is always changing. But your email list is yours. And the only thing that keeps someone uh, from getting on it or, you know, to getting off is their choice. They can delete or they can unsubscribe. And at any time, you've got this very valuable resource that you can reach reach out to at any time. Let's turn to uh, your curriculum and program. You don't have to give away all the secrets, but would love to go through some of the nuts and bolts, hear about what contractors are doing wrong and uh, how you're helping them come out the other end successful. Yeah, I don't, I, well, I, to say like, okay, here's what you're doing wrong. Um, it, everybody's doing it, so maybe it's not wrong. It's just not effective. Uh, and m usually it comes down to contractors are not charging enough for the, for their value and the time that it takes to run, run their business. And that's what I, I teach a lot of our contractors is that eventually in, in owning a business, you realize that the money is not made by producing work. Now you have to do good work. Uh, you have to be trustworthy. The craftsmanship has to be there. I'm not saying that that's not valuable. That's just not how you make money. The way you make money is in the sales process and the quality and the experience that you deliver uh, is there's plenty of people, plenty of companies out there that do good work, but most of them aren't making money. The ones that are sell at the right price to the right customers and they say no to everybody else. They don't get trapped just going out and producing work for people that are never going to pay you enough to make the the kind of margins that you need. So that's the that's the one of the biggest things is they're just not charging enough. The second what do thing, the, what do you, what do you think the root cause of that is? Oh, because uh, contractors are supposed to work for free. That's that's what the market says. Oh, come out here and give me an estimate. And what a homeowner says when they say, "Hey, can I get an estimate? Can I get a bid? Can I get a proposal?" usually involves a lot of professional work, meaning that you have to go out and take a look and develop the scope of work. Maybe they've got a set of plans. Maybe they don't have a set of plans. Even if they have a set of plans, the plans aren't 100%. The, yep. the, even if the homeowner has paid an architect or a designer uh, to design their project, a contractor 
can look at those drawings and say, okay, well, what do you want us to do about this? What do you want us to do about that? You can look at any set of plans and anywhere where it says contractor to verify or verify in field, or I say just flip right to the finish schedule. And if there are any blanks in that finish schedule, the plans aren't complete. Now they may be complete for what you paid the design professional to do, but the contractor has to do a lot of planning and, and work to make sure that the project is executed. Most homeowners think that a contractor is just supposed to come out, put all that information together, give you a number, quote the work, and then the homeowner can just sit back and make a decision. So I teach the contractors, don't work for free. Someone calls you up and they want you to do a project, great. Let's have an adult conversation about what you're willing to spend, some details about the project, and in general about how much that's going to cost. And let's, let's agree that your budget matches your scope. And if it doesn't, you either have to go get a bigger budget or you have to reduce the scope. And all of that can be handled in a 20, 30, 45 minute conversation. Now, I'm not saying you charge for that. That's the sales call. That's the sales presentation. But after that, you want me to come out and take a look and start putting your project together? You're requiring me to, to do professional consulting work and contractors should be paid for that. I always say it like this. It's like, imagine this, uh, if, you, if you would ever do this, so you're not feeling well. So you call up a doctor. You say, hey, doc, not feeling well. Here's what I need you to do. I got a problem and I'm sick and I want, you, I want you to make me better. Here's what I need you to do. Come out to my house. I want you to bring all your tools and your equipment. I want you to take my blood uh, and I want you to take a bunch of other diagnostic stuff. Then take all of that information back to your office, back to your lab, run some tests, figure out what's wrong with me, then write a prescription and then come back to my house when it's convenient for me. Make sure it's, you know, Saturday afternoon. I got the kids soccer game in the morning. So come back out when it's convenient to, to me. Tell me what's wrong. Uh, tell me what the procedure is. Show me the prescription that I need. And then tell me how much it's going to cost. And then I'll decide whether or not I'm going to pay you to do that. You would never do that. No one would ever do that. Right? And the, reason, yep. the reason you don't, because the doctor is a professional. If you want to get that kind of information, you call up the doctor, you make an appointment, you show up when it's convenient for them, they serve you, and then they get, and you pay for that. Same thing for contractors. They're professionals. Uh, you can give them some diagnostic information over the phone. But after that, it's like, all right, we're professionals. We have a process. Let's go through this. And here's how much it's going to, not even how much it's going to cost to do the work. Here's how much it's going to cost for us to do all of the planning, all of the research, all of the... Uh, things to set up so that we can just do the construction. And most contractors are working for free. And when you're working for free, you're guessing at what your price should be. So then that gets back to point number one is that they're just not charging enough. So if we had to boil it down, what is the key quality, the key thing that separates successful contractors from those that maybe don't make it? They know their worth and they're not hesitant to charge for, for the stuff that really matters. Yeah, they sell a process. Like I said, it's the when, when you're a contractor, whether you're a general contractor or trade contractor, sell the process first. Here's the process that's going to lead to a successful project. We can't just start with the project and start doing work, right? We sell Let's go through a process of planning. Maybe it's design work, or it's just coordinating all of the other vendors, suppliers, subcontractors, whatever has to, you know, has to happen. Uh, let's start there, sell that process 
how it benefits the the homeowner and then attach a price to that and if the homeowners don't want that price cool we're not the, we're not a good fit for you what they'll do is they'll go out and hire somebody that's not making any money that has to take the next job to pay for this one to keep the cash coming in. And then you get into what you hear all the time about contractors. They're not available. They're unorganized. They're always running around. They had to start another project, so they're not dedicated to mine. The, the experience is horrible. Even if the work is good, the experience is really, is really bad. So I always say to most contractors, it is develop your menu. Know what the things are on your menu that you sell and sell the heck out of them and everything else. Just say, no, that's not what we do or that's not how we do it. Let's move past selling. Let's turn to automation. Our world is one of computers, the internet, uh, AI these days. Um, what are the most successful contractors in the world doing to leverage these tools? How do you advise them uh, in the world of technology. Well, and you guys have you guys have probably seen this and experienced this quite a lot is that contractors are really really surprised that you can uh, capture, nurture and do all of the prospecting automatically. They think that no, we have to a human being has to have a conversation with another human being. But if you look at other businesses, take construction out of it just in gen, in general how you uh, sell, market uh, a, any product or service. I mean, obviously Amazon is great at it. You guys, this is what you guys special in, specialize in is, yep. as I say, productize your service. So we have a product and that product happens to be how we build your house or remodel your house or, or do whatever. That's the product that you can buy from us. Once you nail down what the product is, then you can humanize the product. So productize your service instead of a service, just, oh, we'll do anything, any, just develop your products. So that's kind of back to our menu. And then you can think about uh, how, when someone buys this product, how can we make them feel special? And every customer, there's every customer is a little bit different, but the process, the nurturing process can be the same. So you, back to your question about automation and what we had talked about earlier about building an email list. Great. Someone lands on your website. Is there a very clear way, uh, is there a very clear call to action, whether you want them to give you their contact information, maybe they book a call, maybe they should, they could buy your pre-construction services right there. That's what I always tell people, like, put a cash register on your website, make it so that if somebody wanted to, they could send you some money. Now, a lot of contractors say, well, Sean, no one's going to, no one's ever going to do that. Well, they used to say that about buying a car too. Oh, you got to go test drive a car. You got to, you got to look under the hood. Said that so, about buying clothes online. Who's yeah, gonna Zappos solved that with shoes. Yeah. I mean, one of the things you got to got to try on the shoe. You got to, and then Zappos just said, "No, here's the shoe. Here's all the benefits. We'll send it to you. If you don't like it, send it back." And I don't know whatever how many billions of dollars they're worth. So the same thing applies to construction companies. Is if you're if you have your ideal client, then your ideal clients all have basically the same problems. You can solve those problems and automate the nurturing, the prospecting, and the lead generation uh, campaigns or drip campaigns or whatever. And it's the same message. And then the way you do that, you, you, write your, you write your emails, you shoot a couple of videos, you talk about step one, step two, step three of the process and how each of those steps are going to benefit them. And then you also put in there, it's like, hey, if you don't like any of this, it's probably not a good fit because this is what we do. And yep. I mean, nowadays with, with AI, 
it's uh, I was at a conference. I was in a conference just last week, uh, and uh, one of the speakers said, "If you're still paying somebody to write your blog posts, stop. You should have AI <laughs> doing it for you." And it's and it's so and it's so true. So automation has been around. You know, as you understand, it's been around for a long time, but the uh, construction business owners are really slow. They're just not early adopters in new technology. And I totally understand why it comes from when new technologies and building science and other products come out, contractors are like, I'm not sticking that in my house because it hasn't been tested yet, which is, I totally understand. We can all, there's a long list of products that are the latest and greatest, and then they have warranty issues or, or whatever. That's where I think the mentality comes from, but you can't apply that, that, that mentality to automation and what's going on right now because it's moving so fast if you wait another year and think like okay we'll jump on the chat gpt thing you're going to be left behind uh because there's already your all other businesses are are using it and people say oh it's kind of scary and i was like it's scary because it's better it's so good and uh, if you wait to automate your business and start using ai you're, I don't know if some people are going to be able to catch up. Are there specific tools you recommend to help construction pros manage that process, the construction process itself, beyond getting leads, beyond sales and, and the, the prospecting process? Once they're in it, what do you suggest? You mean as far as like AI tools? It doesn't have to be AI, just any, anything to help automate the construction process in terms of a management perspective. Yeah, again, I, I was sort of like the top, you know, the top of the funnel is a landing page. Now, some some people would be like, well, what do you mean? Like, oh, that's kind of salesy. I'm like, yeah, that's where the business starts in sales. And so a lot of contractors think, well, I need this beautifully designed website. No, you don't. You need at least just one page, a landing page that has a clear call to action that gets somebody to give you their email address. So that's the first thing. You don't need some big fancy website. They're fine, but most people... Uh, or most construction business owners that have a fancy website, they're simple is better. Yep. Yeah, simple, simple is better. One thing, what's the next? How do we get you to the next step? So that's where I start with the landing page. Then, okay, once they do something on the landing page, they give you their contact information. What's next? Then you need some sort of uh, email, a CRM, uh, con uh, customer relationship management software that can automatically nurture your clients through emails and and video is huge so i would say okay landing page then a crm and then kind of as we get a little bit deeper to to increase the nurturing is people love video so you need some kind of video hosting platform I mean, you can do it on on you can use youtube or whatever but communicating to your customers in video we're all watching videos these days we're all watching stories and tiktok and all that kind of stuff so incorporating that and people say, well, I'm not good on video. Well, that's where you get into some of these other really cool tools where you don't have to be on video. You literally could write your script. Well, I'm talking a 30, 45 second script to say, hey, thanks for doing the thing you just did. You signed up on our landing page and you're booking a call. All right, here, and this is all in the video, here are the three main things that we're going to go over when you show up for your call. One, two, three, list what those are answer a couple of questions that, you know, some hurdles or whatever, and then just thank them. And then you set up a reminder or whatever. That whole 45 second video that you're going to shoot, you don't actually have to shoot it. You can plug it into an AI software, put your script in there, select an avatar and 
you'll have a video where you never even have to uh, be on the video. That's what's so that's what's so amazing. And when I say an avatar, it's like a hu- it's a real human being. And uh, we use that all the time for training videos and, and that kind of stuff. And people think, oh, well, that's weird. No one's going to like it. If the back to the original thing that I said, if the information is valuable to your prospect, they won't mind that it's an AI generated thing. Cause what they're more concerned about is getting the information that benefits them. However you deliver that is secondary to the fact that it's valuable information. So helpful. And thanks for sharing all that, Sean. At Titan Talks, we like to close on a rapid fire round. Are you ready? Oh yeah, here we go. Let's do it. Tell me about the project you're most proud of. Well, the the project I'm most proud of right now is probably what I'm sitting in. We're building our own house. We've been building it for about two years. It's been uh, this it's is been your house, night. Sean. What's that? This is this is going to be your house behind you. Yeah, yeah. This is the house, but it's an it's been a night it's been a nightmare. I can't say too much about it because unfortunately we're in a lawsuit about it. But oh man. Uh, it, Getting to the end of this and uh, and bringing this project back from the dead uh, that this will be this will be our uh, this will be my my uh, my favorite project. <laughs> but I got to get there. I got to get to the end of that. What's your goal with Built to Build? Why are you doing all this? Well, I that one of the reasons is that there is an endless supply of contractors that aren't making the money that they should. And I believe that with some foundational pieces, business pieces in place, some basic systems of time management of the sales process of the financial stuff, then contractors don't have to spend 20 or 30 years um, breaking their bodies doing this work to have nothing to show for it. Uh, so I wanna, I wanna put, I wanna make contractors nerdier than they are. And I'm just a big systems nerd. And we've seen it time and time again, when they get these basic business things in place, then, then the results come really fast. And they, my, my biggest joy is hearing from clients that were able to take a week, two weeks paid vacation off with their, with their families paid for by the cash generated by their business that they had never been able to do before. Life, life is too short, uh, to work all the time. And nobody says on their deathbed, oh man, I wish I would have worked more. What's been the most surprising thing for you about starting the Academy? I tell you that the most surprising thing uh, to me is the fact that I, and I had to learn this, I had to get comfortable with it, is that some people like to have access to information, but they don't execute on anything meaning they'll buy a program or a coaching program, and then they never show up. They never show up for the group coaching. They don't do the exercises. They don't go through the modules, but man, they sure do like having access to it. And that was really weird for me at first because I was like trying to, it's like pulling pulling teeth, but then realized that I think that uh, people, some people like to have access, knowing that they have access to the information and they'll think, oh, one day when I get around to it. Uh, so that was a, that was a little bit weird being able to be comfortable being that knowing that someone was going to purchase something, but not execute on it. Any final words of advice for the contractor thinking about starting out on their own? Um, should I go into construction? Should I continue with what I've always been doing? What do you suggest to people like that? 
I always suggest now this assuming someone's already in the construction industry. Let's sure. let's just start there. You're you're yep. in the construction industry, you're working for somebody else and you think, "Oh, I, and this everybody think I think I can do this this better. Uh, I want to do it differently." Okay. Before you go off and start your own, spend 2 years being the best employee you can be, meaning you show up early, you stay late, you do all the crap work, you dig in and you learn everything you can so that when you when you get into when you walk into that office and you put in your notice that that company feels the pain of you leaving because you're so awesome if you don't do that here's what usually happens the first sign of friction an employee has thinks i'm going to go out on my on my own my boss doesn't give me the information i'm not paid enough it's kind of scattered he's kind of you know scattered and it's chaotic around here if you don't figure out how to solve problems for your boss, you're going to become your boss within a year. You're going to just repeat the same thing. So before you venture out on your own, spend two years and become awesome as an employee. I don't care what level employee you're at because those the things that you do in those two years uh, are going to serve you for a long time in the business. Otherwise, if you just jump ship and go start your own thing, you're going to create the same business that you left. You're going to become your boss and nobody needs another, uh, another contractor that's scattered and running around, not making enough money, not clear with it, his or her employees. So that's always my advice is suck it up for two years and then go start your own. Well, on that note, thank you so much, Sean, for being a part of Titan Talks. It's been great to meet you. Hey, great to meet you. Thanks for having me on.